This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. The cross is also a powerful symbol of non-duality, but that is not the way that the death of Jesus is traditionally understood. In traditional Christian thinking, the cross is seen in transactional terms. It is thought that a transaction happened on the cross that objectively changed humankind's relationship to God. A transaction is by nature dualistic, defined as an exchange or interaction between two parties. There has to be two for there to be a transaction. But if there is in reality not two, non-dual, then there's no need for a transaction. The usual dualistic interpretation of the cross is that Jesus' death was the price paid or the sacrifice made to reconcile sinful humans to a righteous God. It is seen as an atoning sacrifice, patent after the sacrifice offered on the Jewish Day of Atonement. The strictest form of this theory of salvation is called substitutionary atonement, or penal substitutionary atonement. It is the idea that Jesus was punished, penalized, in the place of sinners, substitution, thus satisfying the demands of divine justice so God could forgive sin. The cross is understood as a legal transaction and is often described by preachers in terms taken from the courtroom. It is based on the assumption that there is a dualism that has to be breached. That model is found in the epistles in the New Testament, but not in the Gospels. If that had been the theology of the Gospel writers, then they would have had Jesus die on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar. But instead they place it at the time of the Passover, which is not a temple sacrifice and has nothing to do with the forgiveness of sins or atoning for sins. Now, if one believes in a theistic God as a divine monarch orchestrating Jesus' death, as well as all the rest of history, from his place in heaven, then it would have been easy enough for God to arrange for Jesus' death to happen on Yom Kippur then the meaning of his death would have been clear, but it was not until later that this interpretation of Jesus' death arose. The Gospel of John emphasizes the connection with the Passover even more than the other three Gospels by changing the timing of Jesus' death slightly. In the first three Gospels, the Last Supper is pictured as a Passover meal, 
and the death of Jesus happens after the Passover. In John's Gospel, Jesus dies before the Passover, on the day of preparation for the Passover. In fact, at the exact moment that the Passover lambs were slaughtered. John was depicting Jesus as a Passover lamb. This is important because a Passover lamb was not a sacrifice for sins. It was not offered in the temple. The Passover was a family event celebrated in the home. The Passover was a deliverance from death, according to the Exodus story. The blood of the lamb was not sprinkled or poured out on an altar in atonement for sin, but it was seen as a deliverance from death. In the Exodus story, the blood of the Passover lamb was placed on the posts of the doorways into Hebrew homes in order to deliver them from death, from the angel of death. The cross is understood as a doorway with the blood of the Passover lamb on it. It is a way, a door, from death to life. And Jesus, we saw, previously called himself the door and the way and the life. The death of Jesus is understood as symbolic. It is what John the Baptist meant when he called him the Lamb of God. Or in one place, actually said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That has to be one of the most misinterpreted verses in the Bible. It does not mean that Jesus' death atones for sin. It means that it frees us from preoccupation with sin. The Greek word used by John translated takes away is used more than a hundred times in the New Testament. So we know what it means. It is never used in the sense of atoning for sin or paying the price for sin or forgiving sin. This is a classic case of Christians reading their theology back into the biblical text. The exact word is used four times in this chapter, 19, which is what we're looking at today, where it is used to describe taking Jesus to the cross and then taking his body from the cross. It is used four times in the next chapter, 20, in reference to taking away the stone from the tomb entrance and removing the body of Jesus from the tomb. It's not about atoning or sacrificing or paying a penalty. It is removing a barrier to our understanding of our unity with God. In the Gospel of John, the death of Jesus is a symbol not a transaction, a symbol based on the idea of the Passover lamb. It represents new life through death. It symbolizes death, the death of the body and the psyche, the death of the separate self. It is the death of the individual self. And it is the individual self that separates us from God. Jesus taught that anyone who would be his disciple was to deny himself, deny his or her self. Jesus taught us to die to self, to take up our cross and follow him. That's what the cross represents. When we die to self, 
we discover that we are one with God. Now, everyone finds this out when they physically die. When we physically die, we return to our true self. The good news is that we can discover this before we physically die by dying before we die. Jesus taught that it's only by losing your life do you gain your life. It's only by giving up one separate mortal life do we gain eternal life. That's the symbolism of the cross. The cross of Jesus is pictured as being between two other crosses. Two other men were crucified with Jesus, according to the story, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus is in the center. The other gospels go so far as to picture one of the men is good and one is one is bad. One believes in Jesus and one curses Jesus. This is classic dualism. This is a parallel to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Good on one side of Jesus, evil on the other, and Jesus in the center. Jesus is the tree of life. In the middle, just like in the Genesis story, the tree of life was was said to be in the in the middle of the Garden of Eden. He represents non-dual reality that reconciles the two opposites. Ephesians puts it this way: For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and torn down the dividing wall of hostility. The symbol of the cross is powerful even apart from Jesus, which is why it has a long history before it was adopted by Christianity. The vertical line unites heaven and earth. The horizontal line unites east and west. The two lines converge in the center, which points to the center of our existence, which is identical to the reality of the universe. I like the Celtic cross more than the Roman cross, not only because of my own Celtic heritage, but because it communicates this message better. It combines the cross with a circle, which is a symbol of wholeness or oneness or the Tao. There's another wonderful symbol of non-duality in John's account of the death of Jesus. It is the seamless robe of Christ. When the Roman soldiers crucified Jesus, they took off his tunic, which was said to be a finely made, seamless garment. It was probably a gift from one of his wealthier benefactors. The soldiers did not want to ruin the garment by tearing it into pieces, so they cast lots for it. And John notes that this was in fulfillment of a prophecy about the Messiah in the Psalms. There has been much speculation about this robe over the centuries. One account says that the robe was later recovered by the disciples. Centuries later, the church cut it into pieces and divided it to protect it from theft or loss, which is ironic. What the Roman crucifiers would not do, the church did. The church inherited the non-dual message of Jesus only to divide it into a message of duality. No less than six churches in Germany, France, and Russia today claim to possess a part of this robe. There was even a film about the robe back in the 1950s entitled The Robe. 
The Church Fathers saw the robe as a symbol for the unity of the Church. I think it stands for the unity, the non-duality of reality. Jesus wore this robe, this non-dual identity in life. It symbolized his nature and his message. To communicate the same point, John's Gospel says that no bone of Jesus' body was broken during his crucifixion, that death did not affect the unity of Jesus. One more interesting detail. John's Gospel says that when a soldier pierced his side to see if he was dead, blood and water flowed from the wound. Although commentators will normally focus on the physiological aspects of this, I think it is symbolic. The first letter of John talks about being born of God and says this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. The Gospel writer likely has in mind Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus about being born anew, where they compare physical childbirth with all its bloodiness with spiritual rebirth. It is no accident that in the crucifixion story, immediately after this is mentioned, Nicodemus suddenly appears on the scene to take away the body of Jesus and to bury it setting the stage for the resurrection. I could go on, but the point is that in John's Gospel, the cross of Jesus is deeply symbolic, pointing to the non-dual reality of Jesus and his message. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.